We are doing Suba's Dafim Zion. We're starting from the very bottom, Mem Vav and Beis, the bottom two words, Zakabim and Siyasa. We're going through that a father uh, is entitled to many things from his daughter. One of them is things that she finds, a lost item that she finds goes to her father. So, what's the reason that the Rabbana were Masak and that? The Mara says, Mishim Eva, so that a father doesn't come to resent his daughter. The idea here is that uh, the father does get what she earns, as we're going to talk about. But Midaraisa, he, he's not. He's not Zoha, he does not allow to take what she finds. But the Rabbanon were misakin that he should, because otherwise the father can get upset. He can say, listen, I'm supporting you, I'm giving you a lot of money for your food, and here you are, you're finding something in the street that has value, you don't give it to me. So what the father can do because of those feelings of resentment is stop supporting his daughter, which technically a father does not have a chiv to support the daughter. So in order to make sure, though, that, that, that the, the relationship was good and that a father does continue to support the daughter, that I want to remember Sakin, that if the girl finds something in the street, that then it legally belongs to her father. So that's a din mid Then we continue with Maisei Adaha, something that she works. Her earnings, the father's entitled to. So this is actually a deraisa. Minalan, what's the source of Mervuna Marav? Where do we know in the Torah? That if a daughter earns something, it goes to her father. Or Shinemar says in the Pasuk, If a person will sell his daughter, La'ama is a maidservant. So we see that there's a comparison between one's daughter and one's slave. What's the uh, connection between the two? Just as with a maidservant, if she makes something, clearly it goes to her master. It's slavery. You own them. So too with a daughter, even though obviously she's not a slave, literally, but her earnings go to her father. So we're saying basically it's exerus based on the analogy between a maidservant and a daughter. So as more maybe the puzzle is only talking about a katana under the age of 12, there the father can actually sell her as a slave. So if there's a right, Parshas Mishpatim, for a father to sell, to sell his daughter as a slave, so it follows that all of her labor as well should go to her father. There's something logical about that. But with regard to a Nara, a girl who's over the age of 12, before, before she's a Bulgarian, before she's fully mature in 12 and a half. So there, the mission is also saying that the father's entitled to her earnings. How do we know that? Maybe we should say, maybe the girl can keep her earnings. And the reason, again, for a distinction is that once she turns 12, the father cannot sell her. So just, if I, just because I have a pasuk that says that a girl's earnings go to the father, maybe I could limit that to a girl under 12, how do I know that the girl who's a Nara, that her earnings also go to the father? So the Gemara says, it's, there's, it's just a logical point that the earnings of a Nara go to the father. Why is that? If you would say their earnings are not the father's, well, let's compare it with another schos that the father has. We know that the Torah says a father has the right to marry off his daughter. And we know that from the Pasuk is biti nasati that a father has the power to marry off his daughter to, to a chasan. And because of that, that means that you can have a Nara situation and the father is going to make her get married. So if that's true, how could he ever make her get married? How come during the time when he's making her go to the chuppah and she's going to go get married, she's she's losing her ability to go make money during that time. So what the Kabbalah is saying is if the father doesn't have the right to uh, his daughter's earnings, then that means the girl is in control of her time, meaning she owns that. She owns her time in the sense that she can go make money and keep it for herself. So then how would a father, it's a very technical question, how could a father ever have the right to go ahead and marry off his daughter when she's in Ara, when we know that he has that schos, because during that time that it takes to go to the chuppah, he's taking away something from her, which belongs to her. She has the right to go work and, and keep the earnings, and by ma- marrying her off, the father's going to take that away. Must be, the father has the right to her earnings. Says the Gemara, 
That's not compelling. Why? Maybe, first of all, he pays her a little bit. A little yet. He has to reimburse her for the small compensation for what she could have earned during the time that she went to the Chuppah. Maybe he did it at night. At night, you know, there's usually people aren't working. So if the Chuppah was at night, so then uh, he didn't take anything away, detract from her wages. Maybe the Chuppah was going to be on Shabbos or Yontif when anyways, people don't do labor. So therefore, because of one of those three answers, we can say that really a father is not entitled to his daughter's earnings. I, how could it be, when she's an hour, I, how is it practical for him to marry her off and wasn't he taking away some of her opportunity to make earnings? The answer is one of those three things, how he's not going to be taking away her right to have her earnings. So therefore, we're back stuck. We need to know how does a father, have, where is the source that a father has the right to Inara's earnings? So the Gemara says, we go back to the Pasuk that compared um, and we compared her to, to a slave. We said that maybe the puzzle is only talking about a katana. How do I know a nara? Now we answer. Can't be the puzzle is only coming to tell me about a minor because if you could sell her, then obviously the earnings belong to him. So, meaning to say, you wouldn't need a puzzle. If the puzzle was limited only to the katana, then there wouldn't be a need for a puzzle at all. If there is a puzzle, it must be that the puzzle is necessary to tell us that even in a case of a nara, where she's an adult, she's above 12, and the father cannot sell her, still the halacha is that her earnings go to her father. So that's the maskana comes out of Dindarai, so the hekish, a father is entitled to the earnings of his daughter, even if she is an ara. The father of the daughter is entitled to be made for an adar. How do we know the chesiv? It says in the passage, binu rebbe that's right there, in the parsha, parsha's matos, about a parsha and it says, binu rebbe so even if she's a nara, she's still based Sovia, then the father is made for her. If the girl is divorced from Irisin, the father is makabalagat. So if a girl is divorced from after Nisu and she's no longer under the jurisdiction of her father, the father is not makabalagat. But the mission was saying the father can be makabal again if she's divorced from Ayers. I mean, how do we know the Slavi There's a heckish between a girl, um, between Gerishin and becoming an, and Kedushin. So Iskish Yitzil is a general heckish and we learn the laws of divorce from the laws of Kedushin. So just as the father of a Katana or a Nara can marry her off, so too he can also be makabal her get. But a father does not have the right to the payros of his daughter's property during her lifetime. So what does this mean? So it means if a girl has her own property, let's say a girl inherits something, right? She doesn't, she's not entitled to her own earnings. How does she have property? Let's say she inherits something from her mother's side or something like that. So she has her own property and the estate, there's payros, right? There's stuff that's growing. Does the, does the, is the father entitled to use it? So the mission is saying, no, he is not. Now, a husband is entitled. If his wife has properties and assets that she inherits, let's say, a husband is entitled to use the, the payros, to use the properties. Again, the principal doesn't belong to him, but he's entitled to, to eat the payros while he's married. But a father is not. So a little bit of background that we're going to see on the Ahmed Bay is the reason why the reason why the Rabbana were masakin that a husband eats the peros is because if, the, if, the, if his wife would be taken in captivity, so we want to make sure that the husband's going to redeem her and he's going to ransom her. So, so we say in, 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 in commensurate with all the what he takes from the peros, from all the rights of the usage, so now he's going to have the motivation and the money to go ahead and ransom her. So when the Mishnah says that a father does not have the right 
uh, to consume the produce of the daughter's property in her lifetime, it seems that for some reason we're not concerned for that. So the Gemara gets into this. really Tanakama is the one who says the father doesn't have the right of produce during his daughter's lifetime. The father does have the right. What's the analysis here? What's the point of dispute? Because only a husband, that he has the produce. Because if not, he might not redeem his wife. If she's taken captive, so he might not redeem her. So therefore, the Rabbanan say, no, in exchange for all of the peros that you eat from your wife's, from your wife's estate, there, there's a chiv uh, to reciprocate and to, and to redeem her. So that's all. Takana for her husband, for her father, what could we say? That if he doesn't have peros, then he's not, he's not going to go redeem his daughter. Of course he's going to. It's a father to a daughter. Of course a father would redeem his daughter. So they we're saying there's a distinction between the father-daughter relationship and the husband-wife. The husband-wife it's not so clear. We have to incentivize the husband to act. But, but, but in regard to the um, father-daughter, we don't need to incentivize him. He's going to naturally, he's going to go ahead and he's going to redeem her. So therefore, the Rabbana were not misakin for the father, the right to eat the pears. It's not true. If he doesn't have the pears, the father might not redeem his daughter. He might say that the, she has all this money for her, meaning like almost like think about like all of the the property that's being set aside for her. So he thinks of it, look, there's a purse full of money that's being held for her. Tazel with different let her go and ransom herself. So he might say, why should I have to ransom her? Look, after all of this, after all of this that she inherits and there were payers here and, 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 and I didn't get it and now I should go after redeem it. So he might rationalize this that he's not, that he's not ransoming her. So therefore the Rabbana said, no, according to Rabbana Rabbana, the, the father as well is entitled to the payros and therefore he is motivated to go, um, to go and ransom her if she's taken captive. Nisei, yes, now we now we analyze the Mishnah continuing that when the husband does have the right to eat the pears as we just discussed, and now we're going to get into all about the different things that the husband's entitled to. So Tanar Abanan, we say in Bright, so Kasav La Pears, Kusvikalim. So here we talk about what the, the, the dowry, you know, it's a father of a bride is writing, he's writing, he's not actually giving it over yet, but he's he's writing at the time when the, when the Hassan and Kala are betrothed. Before the girl has moved in with the new with her new husband, the father's writing a dowry, and he's writing all these sorts of things that he's giving over towards the marriage. And the idea of the dowry is that the couple can use them while they're married. And there's an assessment that is made how much how what the value is. It's called zone barzel. And then what happens is the husband is responsible for it. So if something happens, he has to repay the value of the dowry. So the father's writing over all of these things, committing it towards the marriage. And payros, ksos, kalim, there's produce, there's clothing, kalim, utensils, furniture, whatever it is. All of these things that the point is that they're going to go with her uh, from her father's house into her husband's house. And that's the point. It's not, it wasn't necessarily explicitly stated what the point was, but that's kind of the assumption. That's what a dowry is. So the father is committing contractually. He's committing to all this. But what happened was Mesa, she dies before she ever did the Nisun. She dies before she goes to the Chuppah. So the question is, is there a Kenyan already? Does the, was the husband Kona just with the commitment or not? So the first opinion says, Lozach the husband has not acquired it. No, the husband has acquired it. Basically, I mean, it's going to emerge in the Gemara, but the basic idea is that we're trying, we're struggling with in the Machlokas is what, what, what exactly is the intent here? It's obviously because of the marriage, but the marriage here somewhat exists. And the question is, is it only given 
on condition that they end up going to the chuppah and living together, otherwise not, or do we say no? It wasn't made, there was no stipulation, there was no condition to it, and the bottom line is the father committed. So if the father committed, then he has to follow through and give it to the husband. So the Gemara tries to say, let's say that this machlokas is just like a different machlokas that we find. Here is the opposite. It's not, so here we're talking about where a husband is writing the ksuba. So before we were talking about a father committing amounts in the dowry. Now we're talking about a husband committing to pay the ksuba. So again, the idea is when a girl gets married, she's an arusa. So it's machlokas tanam if an arusa has the ksuba. But we're going to be assuming that she does. But besides for the basic amount of the ksuba, that Narisa has is also supplementary amounts to Sefes, which a husband commits. So in his arm alone, his gosh, if a woman is widowed, divorced, been with and Ayerson, whether it happened either from Nisuman or from Ayerson, go back she collects everything, meaning she collects the basic suba and the Tosefes as well. Even if, even if what happened was something was terminated before the Nisuman. So in other words, the Ksuba is written out while she's in Arusa. And it never happened that she never got to the Chuppah. What happened was that she became widowed or divorced. She still collects everything that was committed to her in the Ksuba. As well as when it's call if she's widowed or divorced after the Chuppah, after Nisuin, then she collects everything. I'm in Ayerson. But if it's only from Ayerson, so then, she only collects the base amount. The virgin 200 Zuz and the widow, um, a, a non virgin only collects 100 Zuz, but not, none of the Tosafis, none of the extra stuff. The assumption is even though the husband was, was volunteering much more money of Tosafis, committing himself to more, we assume it was only conditional, only with the understanding that it would only be there. It, he's only going to commit to it if they follow through and do and, and go to the, to the chuppah. So now we're, we're thinking we're going to compare our dispute about the father committing a certain things to the, to the dowry during the state of Ayerson to, to the issue of if they don't end up going to the chuppah, does the father have to pay? To our, to our cases here, the second case of where a husband is committing supplementary amounts to the ksuba during the time that, that, they're, that they're in Arizona, and then it doesn't end up that they do the chuppah, does the husband have to pay? Does, could the woman collect them from his estate? So it says, according to the Tanakhama, that's like Rabbi and Isaiah. It's like the inverse. Rabbi and Isaiah was saying that when the chasm dies during the Arizona, so the kala doesn't get the tosefes. So, 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 so that sounds like that goes like the opinion of Lozacha, that the chasm wouldn't be zocha from the dowry just because of the commitment. Everything is only conditional about it coming to, to the Chuppah. Madam Rezacha, according to Rabbi Nasa and Kirabani, Masolik Rabbanu, disagree with Rabbi Nasa. They held that when the Chazan dies before the Nisuin, the Kala gets even the Tosafa. So they'll say the same thing in the inverse that the Chazan acquires, acquires the dowry even if there's no Nisuin. Says the Gemara, low. That doesn't have to be. That when it comes to the husband dying before the Nisuin, the Kala is only getting the basic Suba, but not the Tosafa. And it seems that it's clear that the chassan is only committing himself conditionally if there will be an issuant. So why would I say it's any different if the father is committing the dowry? So here, let's, let's see what the Gemara says. Madam, Malo Zachas, the one who says that the 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 chassan is not zochek. very good. Just as the husband only commits. Um, on condition that the Nisuin follows through. So the father is only committing the amount of mo- the money in the dowry if the Nisuin follows through. That's clear. Ma'adam Marzacha, but the one who says that the Chazan is Zoche, how could it go like Rabbi Lazarus? He says like this. Lazarus only said it by the commitments from the Chazan to the Kalash. So it's clear. No Chazan is going to give the Tosafis unless the Nisuin would happen because he's giving it out of love towards his new kala, and if there's not going to be Nisuin, so then why would he want to give it? But what is the commitments? 
from the father of the bride towards the chasan. Modi, he would agree that the commitment is there even if the nisuin doesn't happen. It's all because of the the fact that we're making the the mechotanim. That's exactly what it is. The dowry isn't so much of love for the chasan. That's not the vart that you need the nisuin. The dowry is that we're, we're, we're what's being established right now in the. In, in the Shidduch. And since it's becoming established right now in the Shidduch and that there were Machutanim and we're giving it, it's already been established. So therefore, even if it doesn't follow through into Nisuin, we assume that the commitments that the father makes uh, as for the dowry of his daughter already are binding, even if for whatever reason, the Nisuin does not exactly um, end up happening. So we end up saying that that, that we have two possibly unrelated Machlokas. And we have one Machlokas, if the father is committing amounts in the dowry, but no Nisuin ends up occurring, does is the chasun kona? That's a machlokas. And I'm going to give another machlokas. If the if the uh, if if the chasun is being makabal on himself, a certain responsibility to give it to add to the ksuba, and and, and but 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 the nesuin doesn't happen. Does he have to pay those extra shing, those extra amounts? And the gemara is saying that the two disputes are not necessarily related. <clears throat> now we continue. We say that when a girl is fully married, the husband has to support her. He has to give her food. So, why does a why does a husband have to support his wife? Well, it's instead of the fact it's like reciprocating the fact that he's entitled to her earnings. In other words, if the if the if the if the girl, the wife. Uh, makes has earnings and the husband gets it. So that's that's one point. So now we have to say to reciprocate for that, he has to re- provide her support. It's only fair. So we have to keep things even. So it sounds like basically it starts off that there's a chiyuv for the girl to give her maizidam to her husband. Now mazonos are in place of that. There's a halacha that if she dies, the husband has to provide for the bear. He has to pay for it. That's in, instead of, of the ksuba. What do we mean instead of the ksuba? He's going to inherit all the, all the dowry stuff. So therefore, um, it, since he has the right to inherit the dowry stuff upon her death, so therefore it would make sense that he has to he has to bury her in return. Now it's not so simple that actually all the, that the husband actually uh, inherits all the dowry things. Maybe maybe he has to accept responsibility to return the amount after the marriage ends. Uh, but it could just mean simple pshat kvur tachas ksuba types of speaks out might just mean that he doesn't have to pay the ksuba once he once she dies. You only pay the ksuba if the, if, if the husband dies or the husband divorces, then the wife collects. But in this case, where where it's the wife who's dying, so then the husband is saving, so to speak, on paying the ksuba. So therefore, he has he has it's, it's incumbent upon him to to take care of the burial. Fikach and now therefore, which is very cryptic. Therefore, balach appears. A husband has the right to eat the produce from his wife's property. So the Gemara's like, what? Paris mandachoshmai? Who mentioned anything about Paris? So Mar says, he must be the price of missing words, and this is what it really should say. As we started off, that the Mizonos are instead because she gives him her earnings, and therefore he gives her sustenance. Now here's the missing point. If she is taken captive, he has to ransom her. That's in return for the fact that he's entitled to the produce from her property. So if she had something that she acquired, that she has, she inherited, let's say, from her mother's side or something like that, so then halacha is going to be that the husband has the right of using it, and in, in, in return, he has to ransom her if she is taken. And he also has to provide a burial because he would inherit the ksuba if she dies. So fikach, and we still end off, therefore, the bal eats the So again, the gemar says, what do we mean, therefore? We already said the husband is entitled to the produce. 
uh, because of the fact that he's, recipro- he's reciprocating and that because of the, the chiyav of ransom. So what do we mean, therefore, at the end of the price? So the says, Mal, they might have thought, Mechilon the halacha produce, doesn't mean the husband should eat them. Anuchan he should set it aside, meaning he, the, all the payers that, that the real estate is producing, it, it should be designated for her ransom in that eventual case, that potential where she's taken captive, that there, there will be uh, something to, to redeem her with. And we say, Dim Cain, if it's not that way, if we allow the husband to eat it instead of setting aside Marble Park, so then he might not redeem her because he's not going to have anything to do, any money, to, any means to do it. If Bishlam, if we would set it aside, so then when she gets, when she gets uh, taken captive, the husband has, the, the fund is already waiting, he can go redeem her. But if he's going to be eating it continuously throughout the whole marriage, so then what's he going to redeem her with? So you would have said he doesn't have the right to eat it. No, it's actually better for the husband to consume the produce as opposed to it just being set aside. Because there may be times where all the amounts of the produce is not going to be enough. To, uh, it will be less than the amount that the captors are demanding. And then he'll have to do it out of his own resources. So what do we mean to say? We mean to say like this. If it would be a special fund that's being allocated towards a ransom, so what happens if the fund doesn't, uh, doesn't match the amount that the, the captors want? So then the, 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 the human nature is like, okay, it's not fair that I should have to give more. Here, this was the designated amount. The designated amount didn't amount to the, it didn't come out to what was enough. So okay, it's not enough. Tough luck. But if the husband was continuously eating the pear, was benefiting from it. It wasn't sitting there in the fund just waiting to go. So he doesn't keep a cheshvina, it was worth this amount, that amount. He just knows I had the right of payros, and now that she's taken captive, it's on me to go, to go ransom her. So that's why it's actually preferable for the girl, for the husband to be eating it continuously, and therefore in the eventual, in the eventual case, uh, where she is taken captive, he will be motivated to go redeem her. Otherwise, if it would be a fund which was set aside, he might actually not be as likely to go to go redeem her in case the fund would not be the amount that the captors are, are demanding. So now the Gemara says, maybe I should flip it. Meaning, how do we know that supporting a wife is instead of the fact that he has the right to her earnings? And the chiv to redeem her was instituted because he eats payers. Maybe it's the opposite. In other words, maybe support should be in return for the produce. Um, in other words, he eats the payros and therefore, or he, 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 right, he eats the payros and therefore he supports her. And the chiyav of the redeemer is in return for the earnings. Why are we linking her dime with the mezayinus and the payros with redeeming? Maybe it should be just the opposite. How do we know? So I'm right take the We link the common thing with the common thing and the uncommon thing with the uncommon thing. So what do we mean to say? Earnings is very common and sustenance is very common. That's part of a routine. That's part of everyday, li- everyday life. So those line up together, whereas the chiyav of, of ransom is unlikely. It's like an anomaly that the girl is taken captive. And the, the eating the fruits of a field that a girl has is also unlikely. Usually girls don't have their own uh, you know, real estate and this fund that's just sitting there that she inherited. So therefore, the unlikely thing is paired with the unlikely thing. That means the right to eat peros is paired with the chiyav to redeem. And the likely thing is paired with the common thing, which means that the right that the husband gets the earnings is paired with the likely thing, the normal thing, that therefore he provides her with sustenance. Okay, we'll stop here for today.